Welcome once again, Bears fans are back again after a short break. Uh, back to Bears Scat. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And we are super happy to be uh, getting back to things. Uh, we kind of had a little bit of uh, in and out during uh, June, and uh, it was just, you know, business was pretty slow. Yeah, I think just the off season, you and I have had some scheduling conflicts come up, and there's just been weeks where we haven't gotten an episode out, but um, I think now that camp is officially starting this week, I've heard all of the sh- all the shows around the country doing their celebratory return to football episodes. Yeah. And, I mean, I think from here until the end of the season, we are going to be recording at least once a week, and... We're going to be back on our regular schedule again. So The hype is big. Excited for that. Yeah, a lot of expectations around this team. And I think camp officially kicks off Wednesday, maybe Thursday. I, th- I think it's Wednesday. Though. I think it's, it's Wednesday. It's sometime this week. Um, we've already had our first Chicago Bears training camp story, which is <laughs> that Chase Claypool is going to start camp on the pup list. And... I don't know if other teams go through this, but it, it feels like every single year on like day one of camp, there's either somebody holding out or somebody that shows up with a surprise injury or somebody that's on pop or somebody that's just mysteriously not practicing and you can't get uh, explanation as to why. So Claypool seems like it's going to be the first one. We don't know how serious whatever injury he has is. It sounds like Hopefully not very serious. I know he's been doing a lot of training this offseason with Justin Fields, and I feel like... They mentioned that uh, in um, Chicago Tribune that, you know, he was just in Florida uh, hanging out with Fields and, yeah, I, I feel, think, Mooney. I feel like it was like a week ago when I was on vacation that I saw a video of him and Fields, and I heard Claypool talking about how excited he was for the season. So uh, They report on Tuesday. Okay. So him being on Pup a week later is a little weird, but I guess I'm holding out hope that it's maybe just something minor, and maybe he'll miss the first couple of days of camp and be back out there. But, you know, with the Bears, you never know, because across multiple regimes now, when, when you think of Tevin Jenkins or Kevin White or Robert Quinn, we've just had a, <laughs> we, we've just had a lot of stories of these guys, uh. these guys just showing up on day one, and yeah, he's not practicing. Well, why not? Oh, he's fine, he's fine. And then a week later, he's not practicing, and then... And he has a back injury. Yeah, and then oh, the season goes by, and the, the guy's never really out there. So hopefully that's not the case here. It's definitely something to monitor. But um, any major storylines or maybe things you're excited about just going into the first week of camp, maybe a position you're interested in monitoring? Just yep. What's, what's um, you, know, you know, i got to go with the obvious. Fields, fields, fields. <laughs> I, I mean... Really, uh, as a Bears fan, um, I, I don't think you can look past that. It, it, he is the he is the prime story because he's the player that can take us to the Super Bowl and win it. Um, I feel that what I've seen so far in his career, he has the raw tools to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback. I I truly believe that. If he can refine those skills to the level that he needs to, specifically in the passing game, uh, I think he makes a very big leap uh, this year. But you know, there's a there's several moving parts to that, and he's he's the main gear in that mechanism. But there's other 
there's other cogs in that in that mechanism too, and we have to see how they all mesh. You 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 start off with with Claypool, and you know you and I have talked about well, you know, let's not be so quick to to you know body slam this guy to the ground because we really haven't had an opportunity to see what he can do and. What we did see that he did last year was not indicative of his numbers previously to being with the Bears. I'm hoping that this is not some kind of prelude to, uh, you know, seeing some kind of breakdown in camp and, you know, maybe a, a situation similar to Tatum Jenkins, even though that one seems to have righted itself. Yeah. Uh, but. You know, all we can do right now is wait and see it. But I, I think that number one is is the is the whole story. Yeah, for sure. It's, we're back in this mode where every day, every throw is going to be so overanalyzed <laughs> as it relates to the quarterback. And we've been here before, and this happens with the Bears when you think they might have a good quarterback because obviously, towards the end of the Mitch Trubisky era. You know, it's it's not like people were looking at every throw, thinking, "Does this mean he's going to be a Hall of Famer?" Is this because we knew he was bad towards right. the end? I mean, we just knew that he was overdrafted and that he was likely moving on. But you know, it, during the early part of the Trubisky era or the early part of the Jay Cutler era, it's just the fandom is just hanging on every single play that these guys make from the very beginning of camp, and that's how it's going to be again. Even yeah. though you know, we we know that he's going to make good throws and he's going to make bad throws and you just have to see what it all looks like when the meaningful snaps actually start occurring. But you know, there's a lot of excitement here and the fan base is going to be irrational and we're going to be getting the tweets every day from Biggs and Mark Grody and all the reporters there saying good day for fields or bad day for fields. Right. He threw three interceptions. Let's all panic or man, he looked good in that red zone drill today. So it's going to be six weeks of that, yeah. and that's obviously the biggest storyline, understandably so. So, you know, as much as I'd say that I'm going to temper my expectations and I'm going to be <laughs> level-headed about it, I, I know that I'm going to be refreshing Twitter every day, reading all the practice that's reports right. and drawing broad conclusions about <laughs> what these guys are saying about football practices where nobody's hitting each other and nobody's really running at full speed. So, you're right, that is the biggest story Obviously, Claypool, that that one is, is just going to be something to monitor, like I said. I mean, Well, and it's not just him. It, 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 the, the wide receiver group as a whole. There's a lot of question marks there. I mean, is, is DJ Moore going to walk in and be a star day one like we hope so? Is Darnell Mooney healthy? Can Tyler Scott play his rookie year and be impactful? I mean, th- there's a lot of question marks in that room right now, and... Yeah, we're going to see. I mean, that's going to be my biggest thing early on in camp is, is Mooney healthy? Is he playing, you know, normal reps? Right. When does Claypool get back out there? And then how does this group, how does the competition in that room play out over the next several weeks of camp? And, you know, who's going to be the primary targets week one? I mean, that's definitely something that I'm going to be focused on a lot because it is mostly a new group with the exception of Mooney right so you know that that's a big thing and yeah with with Claypool and the injury you just really hope it's a short-term thing because a lot of people I think have already written him off I'm going down with the ship on this one because yeah I was excited about the trade and I've made the excuses and 
we've talked about it a lot on this podcast. I, I don't think it's, it's the time to write him off yet, but I don't think so either. You know, th- this injury is something that if if he misses the first couple weeks of camp, or if this thing's lingering on and he's just not getting those reps, then you know people are just going to be more and more dismissive of that trade and just going to be just finalizing their conclusion that this trade was a bust and if the trade's a bust that really stinks because they gave up a lot to get him but you hope they learn the right lessons and that but that, that happens that mistake, it sure does i mean not every move's gonna work and it would really stink if this one fails because it was the first real big move that they made yeah but you know sometimes that happens and sometimes risks are worth taking and you hope you hope they learn from it but We'll see. I, I'm, I'm hoping that by the end of this week, he's off the pup list and he's back at practice. And I, I still am holding out hope that he is a really productive member of this offense this year because this is a big opportunity for him. This is his contract year, and if he is unproductive this year, he's going to be signing a one-year contract with somebody for low money, and he's going to have to prove himself at some point. So I, I hope it's this year, and I, I hope that he validates that second round pick that the bears gave up well and uh a good shift there uh last week uh we had friend of the show chris uh uh guest uh spot uh on on the on the podcast and one of the things that we talked about was all of the talk about uh contract years uh who we see as possibilities to get Resigned before the start of the season because that certainly could happen. You know, deals happen all the time at this at this particular point of the year. Um, what, what are you are you thinking that anybody gets a deal before the beginning of the of the regular season? Uh, I don't know. Um, so it's Ryan Pace. It was kind of an annual thing where at the start of camp it seemed like he would extend somebody. Yeah, you know, Eddie Jackson, Cody Whitehair. There's some others that I'm forgetting, but it seemed like pretty much every year at the start of camp, somebody would get an extension, and that makes sense, right? I mean, everyone's back in the building, everyone's together for the first time after the offseason. Players, I would assume, are itching to get extended when they're eligible because, you know, that's just more guaranteed money that gets tacked on. But right. I think if one is going to happen, it's Komet. Um, I think that is one where there seems like mutual interest and. In, in, staying around and, and reaching an extension i just think with with mooney there's going to be the health concern i don't think either side would really want it because the bears right now would probably try to lowball him because they're going to say we, we're concerned about your health until you get back that's the way the it works and mooney would say well then i want to go out and prove that i'm healthy so i can get that number that i want and with jalen johnson i, I think we've talked about this where I, i'm guessing those two are just far apart because I think Jalen Johnson's going to be want, want to be paid like one of the top corners in the league and I think the Bears are going to say we want to see more ball production we want to see more, more turnovers so I, I think that if there is going to be somebody it's going to be Komet I think he's coming off a really good year and I think he's expressed interest in being around so that's the one that I'd bet on um, but I also wouldn't be surprised if none of them get extended and polls just says yeah go go play and we're gonna let you prove this time around that you're worth committing to for a few more years so I don't know I, I think commit or nothing would be my my bet yeah you know that's that's uh pretty much who I had settled on to um, and you know we had a 
uh, Chris and I had a good conversation about Jalen Johnson. Uh, I agree with you. Yeah, you guys um, did a nice job, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And um, Chris, you did a good job. <laughs> uh, but one, you know, I agree with you though on Jalen Johnson. I that player, I have this bit of foreboding that we're going to see a player that has an attitude of I'm a top 15 quarter, a top 10 corner, and I want paid that way. But he's not on anybody's list as a top 15 corner. I don't think he's on anybody's list as a top 20 corner in the NFL right now. And while he's certainly the best player, uh, the, the best DB as far as uh, the Bears go, it's not very great. Uh, it's yeah. not a very great way of doing a scale there. Um, so he's been a, a victim of just how bad the defense has been overall. Oh, I agree. I agree. But has he really shined to the point where he's put himself into that higher that higher level? Yeah, I think this year is gonna be gonna tell us a lot about him because you know I I think the Bears secondary should be pretty good. There, there's a question mark opposite Johnson at cornerback because it's likely going to be a rookie probably Stevenson and anytime there's a rookie you just don't know if those guys can play like yeah. whatever the scouting report is sometimes it's just wrong but yeah assuming that there is a good NFL corner playing on the opposite side of Jalen Johnson I I do think he's going to get tested more because I think a big part of why he probably wasn't tested is why would you ever throw at anybody that's any good? Yeah, what, when especially you, with how incredibly bad the rest of the secondary was. Exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that opposing coordinators are saying, hey, there's two or three guys on this defense that we can pick on every single play. Yeah. Why would you ever throw it at Jalen Johnson? Yeah, so, it, I, was, it was astonishingly bad. Yeah. I, I think Johnson... Um, had his his moments last year for sure. I, I remember in the Eagles game, he played one on one with AJ Brown pretty much the whole time, and Brown had some catches, but yep. Johnson beat him a few times too, and that's kind of what he you didn't. Expect. And Brown didn't dominate. No, exactly. So that was a really nice performance by Johnson, and then unfortunately after that he got hurt. Yeah. So we didn't see him the rest of the year. So I, I think that this year is a really big one for him because there is more talent on the defense. I think that they're going to be better. I don't think they're going to be a top defense by any means, but I do think that maybe you'll see more balls going his way just because the other players in the secondary are NFL players, hopefully at this yeah. point, which <laughs> hasn't really been the case the last couple of years. And we'll see, maybe he goes out there and gets five, six interceptions and then he's going to get his big contract. And yeah. if, it's kind of more the same, then I think it's probably going to be a situation where the two sides are far apart going into the next offseason, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears just slapped the franchise tag on him, which we know players don't like. So, Yeah, that, but unfortunately uh, for them, um, that's just part of playing the game. Well, they negotiated it, yeah. right? I mean, that, that's collectively bargained. And, collectively bargained. You know, they've had opportunities to get that removed from the CBA, and that would involve sacrifices in other places or a strike and it just hasn't happened so right. you know i think that's the two like the two most likely 
outcomes, right? Because I, I think he's too good of a player to let walk for nothing. So Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think it's either going to be he has a really productive year and he gets that payday that he's looking for, or if it's kind of more of what we've seen, then I think that it's probably going to end in a franchise tag, and then we'll see if he reports to camp and how that all plays out. Right, so, right. You know, I... I Definitely don't. A, lot, a lot of time between now and then. Oh, for sure. I mean, there's going to be a ton that happens. So, I don't know. I, I've really liked him. I, I think he is a good player. He did weekly interviews on the score last season, and I just really liked his attitude, and it sounded like a, a, someone that was committed to being a good leader and sounds like someone that was very confident. So, I'm not surprised that he wants a big payday, but I, I don't know that he's going to get it without – taking the ball away a little bit more this year and I, right. I definitely don't think it's going to happen in camp yeah okay well you know and that's uh the the defensive side of the ball uh it's like you said um we can look for improvement there improvement from being at the bottom <laughs> <laughs> actually they were 31st i'm pretty sure All right. so, uh, but uh they might as well have been 30 seconds yeah exactly uh, but um, we can still look to see improvement there, uh, and, and there has been improvement uh, in personnel all over the defense. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it, it would be surprising if we don't. Uh, but the specifically with with Johnson, um, you know, he he certainly sticks out the most right now because he's one of the only players that we've seen play at a high level not an elite level in my opinion but a high level right and he is due money soon so you know it's it's got to be certainly on near the top of polls list simply because he has that to deal with uh coming uh, at the end of next year and then next year, at least the way I see it, is where they'll really try and attack uh, edge rusher. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, there's one more position that I have my eye on, uh, and that's center. Oh. Because I, I think that's a big one. And it is. Poles has said that the plan there is Cody Whitehair, and I just don't know if I believe him because it doesn't make a lot of sense to me because, number one, Whitehair just hasn't played there in the last couple years. Yeah. I think in general his play has declined over the last couple seasons. Yeah. And it's And and, and like you said, it, it, the last couple of years he's played at left guard and it, at least it's seemed from the organization itself they've been happy most happy with him in that spot. Yeah, I I think so and it's also just not somebody that's going to be around for a long time. I mean, right. I, I think this is probably going to be his last year with the Bears. I think he's going to be 32 after this one, and it's just not somebody that I think you're going to give a, a long-term extension to. Right. So I don't know why you would be giving him reps at center when you, when you have some other viable options. So I'm keeping my eye on that because I could see it snaps starter snaps going to either lucas patrick or maybe if things go well doug kramer right and i I think that those two make more sense i mean patrick is the person that they signed to play center 
he just was was never healthy last year, and I think a lot of Bears fans... That's certainly the way it was presented. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that kind of sounded like this is our starting center day one, right? Right. And then he got hurt in camp, and then he wasn't ready to uh, be the center on week one, and, and then he was playing guard, and he was really bad, and then he was shut down, so... That was one of the ones I was I was really disappointed in last year. And, you know, we got to remember that's not, that, that's not like... The, the player was playing poorly. You know, he just had the the bad dings happen that happen sometimes in an NFL season. I'm sure that guy was really disappointed because he sounded really hyped when he got with the team. Yeah, I mean, he broke his hand, right? Yeah. I mean, that's got to be tough to play offensive line <laughs> with a broken hand. So I, I think it's it's more or less just a fresh start for him. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if by the end of camp you're hearing him as the starting center week one and then – Doug Kramer's the other guy that, again, just got injured right away in training camp last year. But I remember before his injury, he was getting some starter reps. And, you know, they, they drafted him for a reason. That was a sixth-round pick. That's, you know, not necessarily someone you're expecting huge things from. But it's also not just a throwaway pick at the end right. of the seventh round. So I don't know if he's going to be ready because he missed his entire rookie year. So I'm sure he has to, you know, just basically get himself back up to speed and be ready to play in the NFL. But... That's someone I've, that I have my eye on in camp as well. It's just, you know, I, I think that the reason that they drafted him was to be a center at some point. So yeah. we'll see how training camp goes for him. I am just going to be monitoring that situation because, again, I just it, it doesn't make sense to me that you're just going to write in Cody Whitehair there and that's just going to be your center. Going well, he, and he certainly, um, you know, it's – a game of one of these things is not like the other. Right. Right. When you look at that offensive line, uh, he doesn't really fit what Poles has been working on these uh, last year and a half. He's got to be the oldest player on the team, right? I mean, he's 30. I I don't know for sure whether he is, but he's, he's got to be very close. Uh, And um, you know, the, the thing is, is as you said, uh, his work at center has been mediocre at best, not to mention at times uh, he's shown a real problem with snapping the ball. Right. Uh, I don't I, I don't know how that factors because they they've they they seem to be projecting this image that okay this is what we're going to go into the season with, but it's I, I'm I'm like you I, I'm not buying it right now. Right now, that that line seems like it could still change a lot before we we before we get to week one. Heck, even before we get to the first preseason game, it seems like it could change. Yeah. But the the other players, the other four players on that line, seem to have a logical fit to the spots that they're at, and they're young. Yeah, and they're young. I think they're all under twenty five. Yeah, and they're all polls guys. Right. Right. But. Uh, except for Jenkins, right? But you know that thing with Jenkins, he, he that thing seems like it has completely changed. It, it sure does. I mean, he seems like. I mean, it seems the opposite almost of last year. Well, and it was a great call by you, just calling out that they've been including him in all their promotions, right? I mean, yeah. you, you don't do that with somebody that. Is, right. is, is on the way out. Get the heck out of here! Yeah, I mean, the, I, I'm gonna, oh, but show up all the time. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that he wasn't included in any team promotions last offseason. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, they they must have found a fit, and whatever difficulty there was at this time last year seems to be in the past. So 
That's good because he's talented. I mean, he he was a high pick. Huge. That guy is huge. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> you, you just hate you hate wasting high picks, even though Ryan Poles wasn't the one that made the pick. There's been enough wasted draft picks in oh. in Bears history, you know, so if, if they're able to get something out of that and say, hey, at least Ryan Pace on his way out the door gave you Justin Fields and ideally a above average to good offensive guard, it's, it's it's better than having to start completely blank, right? So, oh, absolutely. You know, the big thing with Jenkins is can he put together a, a full season or something close to it? And that remains to be seen because last year he, I think, started 14 games, something like that, but he left a couple others early. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those things where you look at uh, the starts versus gameplay, and it's like, yeah, okay, he, you know, he, as you said, he, he probably did, you know, thirteen games or fourteen games, but he really wasn't in fourteen games. I mean, you know, what you want to see from offensive lineman is beginning to end. Yeah, exactly. So last year he started eleven games only. Yeah, and. I think we're both in agreement that he didn't actually play 11 full games worth of uh, football. Yeah, so that's going to be the big question with him because, I mean, that's been the story with him so far is that talent's there, size is there, can he stay on the field consistently? And we don't know. I mean, offensive line, sometimes you get hurt and there's nothing you can do about it. Like, guys can roll up on you, or last year I think somebody got him in the head and sent him out on a stretcher, which was like a really scary injury. And yeah. luckily it ended up not being that serious, but you know, you, you'd love it if you can get 15 starts out of him this year right? at, at the production he was at last year. And then, like you said, beginning to end is the big thing. I mean, yeah, just consistently out on the field has been the, the big hurdle for him so far. So maybe in year three, he finally gets there. And you know, he's got a, a young, uh, young big guy playing right next to him. Uh, in, in Jones, um, you, you know, you'd hope that there's, uh, you know, some good cohesion, uh, from that side. It can make that side very strong. Um, at the same time, if neither one of those players is going to be playing at the level that we need them to, it could also turn out to be, uh, you know, a, a big running, a big running lane in the opposite direction. <laughs> well, that's that's the thing, too, with, with the line, is that I think Bears fans, if, if you asked the average Bears fan, they'd say that the line is going to be a big upgrade this year. And it very well might, because I remember going into last season, I was like, this thing could be a complete disaster. Yeah. And in some ways it was. Yeah. It, it wasn't as bad as I thought, but it was not good. It was not good. So this year, I mean, I'm ex- I think Bears fans are expecting the line to take a step forward, but you're right. I mean, Braxton Jones, do we, do we know that he can play for sure? No. No. Same thing with Jenkins. We, we know that he could play some football. Like he could be out there. Yeah. And, and he, I mean, he certainly, he certainly did okay uh, under the circumstances. Uh, I would say you could probably bet that he's going to be at least a backup in the league at this point. Oh, for but sure. yeah, as, is he a starting left tackle? We do not know. Jenkins, we just went through the injury history and also, I mean, learning a new position. Center, we just went through. We don't know who's going to be there. And, you know, right guard, Nate Davis, he's new. And he's then, probably, Davis to me is probably the safest bet since simply because he's already demonstrated that in, in his career. Yep, yep. So you feel at least okay about that one. And then 
Darnell Wright's a rookie. I mean, we think he's going to be good, but we don't know. So there, there's certainly question marks on the line. Huge ass. Huge. <laughs> there's certainly the question marks, though. I mean, I, I think that if, if everything goes great, then <laughs> the line's going to be pretty good. And if everything goes poorly, then it's going to be pretty bad. So yeah, I, I think we're a lot, a lot of times in conversations, we're taking it as a given that the line is going to be a, a big upgrade and maybe it will be, but there's certainly not a guarantee I would say. Well, it just, uh, reflecting back, um, yeah, I, I more excited about this, this, uh, offensive line group than I have been oh, about yeah. any group, uh, definitely for several years. Yeah. You don't have Michael Schofield or Jason Peters. Yeah. Or just, you know, fill in old like vet randos. Right. I mean, this feels like a group that you can build with and see them be a foundation for three seasons, four seasons, five seasons, right? And that's what that's what you really want to see because that's how you get uh, the kind of protection level uh, that we really need Fields to have to be super successful. I think we're going to get anything from Alex Leatherwood. <laughs> He's still on the team. He is still, you know, I think they, I think they're keeping that guy just because, you know, he's so young and he's just huge. Yeah. Uh, he, I'm sure he's also extremely athletic. Uh, I mean, you don't, you don't see that a whole lot uh, when, when you're, when you're, when you're looking at highlights or something like that. You know, you don't. It's hard to examine how athletic the the linemen are, but. The guy played like a demon when he was at Alabama, um, and you know they, they didn't have to really pay that much to get him. So maybe they're looking at him at him as a, a swing tackle or something like that. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason not to bring him to camp, right? I mean, right. Um, boy, he must. I, 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 this is completely just. Off. I think his deal is like paid. Oh, I mean, he can't be making that much money, but. That's just off the top of my head. That has to be the worst Alabama draft pick. <laughs> like, I mean, like to go in the first round and just go all American uh, from uh, from Alabama. Yeah, there's, there's a there's a story there. But all right, we're gonna switch gears a little bit. I think. And one thing you and Chris talked about is the show Quarterback. Yeah. Um. So I watched a couple episodes on vacation. So. I kind of saw it out of order, so my, my girlfriend's family's been watching it, so on vacation, I think I watched with them maybe episodes three through five, Yeah, and then I went back after and watched the first one, so I've seen about half of it, but not necessarily in the right order. I've seen about a half of it as well. Yeah, what are, what are your reactions so far? Well, um, for one thing, uh, man, Peyton Manning is a smart dude. Oh, yeah. uh, I th- it seems like every time he touches something, it turns to gold. I swear. Uh, such a brilliant idea to executive produce that. Um, Mahomes is in on it too, right? Like I think Mahomes owns part of this production. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think that's why he's in it. Is because oh, okay. He's got, he's got some stake in it. Well, you know, I got to say, uh, you know, being in Minnesota, uh, what I've heard uh, quite a bit about, of course, is Cousins. Um, and, uh, his role on, on the show, uh, first I'll say, I think it was a really interesting trio that they selected. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, three really different football players, uh, and at three really different stages of their careers. Um, the 
the strongest impressions that I got from that show, Patrick Mayhem is the best player in the NFL. Yeah. He is unfreaking believable. You know, I just I knew that he was good, but I have and I've watched some Chiefs football, but watching how composed he is not only as a football player, but just as a person. I mean, he's so lighthearted. Yeah. Um, you know, you can tell he has that thing that a pro sports player retains that is their true love and juice of the game. That they, that they still see the game as a backyard football game when they're out there at times, right? And that's a, I think that is a really rare thing because I think as a, as, a, as a pro, it gets harder and harder to recall that juice because it's a business. That's what it is. It's your profession, yeah. right? And while you certainly want to have fun in any profession that you do, we all know that at a certain point, it's like, okay, no more fun. We got to really get down to the nitty gritty here. Well, you know, that nitty gritty for them happens in an instant. Yeah. So it, the thing is, is when I, when I was listening to Mahomes and, and listening, uh, watching him play and listening to him talk to his coaches and his trainer and his private chef, yeah. you know what I mean? And who's, you know, his trainer and his chef are, are buddies from grade school, right? You know, it just, it was like this this guy is like still like a big kid, yeah. <laughs> and he is. You yeah. know, it's, it's easy to forget. He's still in his young twenties, right? So he he just he strikes me as just absolutely deadly. Uh, and then you look at his numbers, and they're insane. Yeah, I mean, you, you talk about just a genius businessman. I mean, we just talked about <laughs> Mahomes having a stake in this production company, and I mean. I remember that a couple years ago, he like bought a stake in the Kansas City Royals. So he's a part owner of the Royals, and he's one of the things that's highlighted in the show is his wife is a part owner of the women's soccer team in Kansas City. Yeah, so talk about just like building yourself up as just someone that's invested in your community and is just becoming a, a hero in Kansas City. Oh I mean, man, just, just genius! But yeah, I mean, when you talk about the love of the game, I mean, one of the things that the show does such a good job of highlighting is that. You know, these guys don't just show up on Sunday and play a football game, right? I mean, there's probably 100 hours of work per week that go into getting ready for an NFL Sunday. Right. It's learning the, the playbook. I mean, one of the things that they talk about a lot is that, you know, you're basically learning the offense every week because you're preparing for a specific defense and you're preparing a specific game plan. So there's that work and then there's just the work of getting your body ready you see that the time they spend with the trainers and then they the quarterbacks themselves they've got media obligations and community obligations i mean it's right an insane amount of work right family yeah for sure right i mean yeah for some of them are a lot of them are, are fathers right. right so exactly there's a lot that they have to manage and you know they they get paid very well but you know there's there's a reason for it right i mean number one they're they're generating billions and billions of dollars and number two i mean there's a ton of work and you have to be insanely smart to do it right so 
It's I, a hard job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think the show does a, a great job of that. And then you, you talk about Mahomes, right? I mean, when you talk about the love of the game and you add on to the fact that the guy's probably already made, what, like $300 million. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think most people, right, like if you say would you – have the same level of commitment to your job if you were given $300 million? I think for 99.999% of people, the answer to that question would be no. No. <laughs> right? Like, if you never had to worry about money for the rest of your life, would you still be busting your ass? To say, like, most people don't even work... No. Most people don't even work that hard and they don't have generational wealth. <laughs> right. So, yeah. All around, like, very impressive guy. I, I, I mean, I could watch the show if it was just about him yeah like the cousin stuff is a little bit interesting to us right because we're in minnesota and and we're around it every day but i'd have to imagine if you asked like an nfl fan in oklahoma or north carolina or texas i'd have to imagine most of them are like yeah the mahomes stuff is super interesting but we don't really care about kirk cousins or desmond ritter right and you know that's fine not every quarterback's going to want to do it. I've seen Peyton, Marcus Mariota. Sorry, Marcus Mariota. Yeah, um, which will soon be Desmond Ritter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it already is. So, you know, obviously, not every quarterback I'm sure wanted to do it, and I, I don't know like what type of money these guys are making off this show. But I, I have seen Peyton Manning say that it's coming back for season two. Oh, I I would absolutely guarantee that. Like, if you had to pick, like. Your ideal trio. That's what I was thinking about. Like, Mahomes is obviously in it. He's the best player in the league. He's insanely personable. Just the perfect fit for something like this. Uh, In in terms of the other two, I mean... You know, uh, just real quick. Just real quick. I gotta sneak in something. Yeah. It was so interesting to listen to his wife talk about how he doesn't like to have his picture taken. Oh, I didn't see this episode. Okay, so he, they're talking to him about it, and she's you can tell it's not like, um, oh, I'm going to say this for the camera kind of thing. No, he, you can tell he genuinely doesn't like it, but not in the, hey, man, get away from me and don't take my picture. Right. It's more like in the, oh my God, I got to take my picture again. And he's like a good looking guy. Yeah, right. I mean, he's like extremely photogenic. He has a beautiful family, (laughs) you know, and he's, 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 he's a huge star in a mid-sized Midwestern town. So, I mean, it's not like he's flashy coming out of uptown LA, you know what I mean? You know, he's not... He's not laying it down in 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 New York City, you know. He's in Kansas City, so, but he he just he seems to take everything in stride and with a, a, just a little bit of humor, so that it doesn't let he doesn't let that grind that could happen develop. Yeah, exactly. And one of the episodes I saw was like early on in the season last year that they were kind of struggling and. You know, I think they lost the game to, like, the Colts, which, like... Boy, is he competitive, too. Yeah, like... Oh, man! Like, looking back, like, how did the Colts beat them? But anyway, yeah. like, you, you could just tell it's the type of guy that just exudes confidence, and he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm pissed off that we lost this game, but we'll get it figured out. And I'm sure his teammates believe that 100%, and, you know, like, like they went on to win the Super Bowl. And yeah. Going into last year, there were some question marks, because the Chiefs had just traded Tyreek Hill, and people were saying, all right, is this going to be the year that they maybe take a step back, and... Nope. 
I mean, sure, they struggled a little bit early on, and by struggled, I mean I think they were like four and two. Yeah. Like you know, and then they get to the playoffs, and he beats Burrow, and ultimately goes on to have a great performance in the Super Bowl. He's been to the Super Bowl three times. I think he's been to the AFC Championship game at least. I think he's been all five all five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's crazy. I mean, he, he, the only year he has he didn't do anything was his rookie year, and that was because Alex Smith started that year. Which, I mean, if you really wanted to pick at it, that was a mistake. <laughs> they should they should have let him start that's, that year too. That's one. But I mean, if that's your worst mistake, uh, that's a pretty good track record. That that's one thing that I remember coming up when we were having the arguments about Justin Fields versus Andy Dalton. And yeah. People, oh my God. People always like, well, Mahomes sat a year, and then I was like, well. Maybe the Chiefs cost themselves a Super Bowl by doing that. They did, like, and and their I, and their player was actually already starting. Yeah, like at least a chance at a Super Bowl. I mean, Patrick <laughs> Mahomes as a rookie gave you more of an opportunity to win a Super Bowl than Alex Smith. Did. He was the incumbent. Yeah, Dalton was just a pick me up, washed out old guy. Yeah, Jesus Christ! Uh, you have to be really. Dumb not to have drafted this guy, right? I mean, oh man, <laughs> it's just uh, that one. Uh, to think you know, that he, to think that he could have been a bear. Oh uh, my God, it's just it, you know the bears. The bears will never never live that down. Uh, but um, by the way, I do have a little bit of breaking news here, actually. So Chase Claypool off the pup list. Oh well, that's good. <laughs> so why he was put on the pup list and then taken off the pup list all before he had to report? <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know that I fully understand. But well, they had to have something on Twitter. Yeah, and then also this is a player that I'd seen linked to the Bears a little bit. Marcus Peters signed a one-year contract with the Raiders. Oh, the corner. So, yeah, so I'd seen maybe that is somebody that they could bring in as like cornerback depth, but that's not happening. He is yeah. signed with the Raiders, so. Yeah, anyway, uh, back to quarterback. Um, yeah, so, like, so if, if you had to pick... Go ahead. Just real quick, you know, one of the things that was interesting is uh, I want to flip back to something you were saying about uh, all three players, when it, when they were talking to him about various games, that part was interesting to me as well because, you know, that's when some of that emotion does come out. Um, Mahomes, uh, they're talking to him about getting ready to play the Raiders, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, you know, I I, I don't really like them guys. Like, and and I mean, he's being like, you know, he's 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 saying what you, you say on TV. But you can tell, like, he's ready to just kick their ass, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, uh, Kirk Cousins um, was talking about going back to uh, Washington, yeah. Uh, him and his wife obviously have a lot of affection for Washington uh, in his time there. You can tell when they talk about it. Um, but at the same time, uh, they they were showing the game from last year, and that was a game that you know the the Vikings came back and won in the, in the last minute of the game, and uh, and you know they were both uh, just kind of holding back from gushing talking about the fact of how important that win was, even though they were back there and they love this, they, they, they love that their, their, their time there and their memories from there. And it's obviously, they still have affection about the team. Uh, they, you could tell that there was like, we need to win. Right. And it, I mean, even his wife was getting into it, you know? So it, there is still obviously that 
personal, that personal feeling in, in, in your heart that you still want to beat your rival. You still want to perform well against your old team. Those, you know, and you know, Bears fans, we, we, we've seen plenty of the, <laughs> of the guy that used to be on our team who decides to have a career day against us after he's no longer on the team. Yeah. And just the playing through injuries is the other thing too, because like, Mahomes, yeah. Mahomes, obviously, I, I was watching some of the episodes with the ankle where he, when he hurt it in the game against Jacksonville. But you see, like, every time Cousins would get hit, it sounded like he was just wheezing, writhing in pain because yeah. he had a rib injury. And, you know, you just forget, like, the level of pain that sometimes these guys are playing with. Well, and just that they get hit, like, on every play. Well, yeah, and you see the hit on TV... And, you know, TV doesn't do it justice. And then you see what that hat hit actually looks like. And you're like, how does anybody ever get up from one of wow. these things? I mean, when you've got a 330-pound guy that runs like the wind hitting you right in the ribs with his helmet, like, how do you, how do you get up from that? Yeah. But, you know, they, they do. And that, that's something to remember. Just you, you never really fully know because, I mean, we live here. And I don't remember there being much of anything said about Kirk Cousins playing hurt last year. And... When you watch that documentary, it's it's clear that he was. So yeah, and you know there is that old adage about um, every NFL player is playing injured every single week, right? right. But uh, yeah, you're right. It, it pointed it out to me too. It made me think of Jay Cutler uh, and all the hits that he absorbed, uh, which was lengthy. Um, and then it also made me think of uh, twelve being in in Green Bay and how many hits he didn't take because he was uh you know so mobile in the pack in the pocket and had pretty good offensive lines uh when he was there but the 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 thing is is that watching cousins um yeah absorb those hits over and over and over again it's like yeah you know he got the ball off he still made the completion they still got the first down they still got 25 yards out of the play but he also took a hard thump from a guy that weighs 300 pounds yeah. who was running full speed. Yeah. Well, and it's <laughs> like, some, and it's like, cause you don't really get time to heal during these NFL seasons, right? So, like, if someone catches you the wrong way week one, that might be something that's with you the entire year, right? Yeah. And then you're just continuously getting hit in the same spot. And, you know, it's, it's another aspect of why these guys make so much money because if you or I got hit like that, once we we might actually die like, <laughs> you know like and and they just have to stand there and, and take that punishment over and over and over and with, with me it might he might just need to be close yeah. to hit me right <laughs> and i wilt away yeah so yeah go back to the question i asked i mean anybody you'd want to see on the next season i i saw a tweet that said I don't know if this... I haven't seen this confirmed, though, but I, I saw someone that said it was Josh Allen, Rodgers, and... I'm forgetting the third one, but I think Rodgers would be fascinating. As, as much of a pud as he is. Actually, that that would be... Um, yeah, God, watching that smug jerk for all that time, uh, that would be definitely hard for me. Daniel Jones is the other one I saw. I don't know... If, I haven't seen this confirmed by anybody, though, so this might be a... Well, you know, I'll say right now, the, the, those three players kind of fit as a, as a next group from what we've seen right now. Um, I think, you know, at the, that for that top player, 
you could certainly certainly see Allen or um, Joe Burrow. Uh, Burrow would be on my list. Would, for sure. would be a really good fit there. Um, arguably the second best quarterback in the NFL behind Mahomes. Um, and then uh, that second guy, uh, it, it, if if you don't go with Captain Smug a lot. Um, you know, there's a, there's a few of those veteran guys, uh, Russell Wilson might be a good fit or, uh, maybe Derek Carr, uh, you know, it's, a, it, 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 we'll have to see how the, the season plays out, but you know, the cars, uh, got a lot of, a, a lot of buzz around him, um, going into this season, maybe Geno Smith, Yeah. you know, and then, uh, for your, uh, for your new guy, uh, you could be looking at, uh, you know, Bryce Allen. So Bryce Young or Bryce Young, um, I was I was I was wondering I, I wonder if they'd put someone that young on there just because you're still kind of learning maybe, maybe the team wouldn't want that but I kind of wonder I mean all these teams have camera crews everywhere anyway every, anyway now like is it really that different or it was I think it certainly would be cool to see Fields yeah I was wondering that too is is it something that he I mean because he certainly checks the boxes of young and exciting I mean we'll see how this year goes but. Assuming this year goes how we all want it to, there's going to be like mega expectations for the Bears going right. into next year, and like Fields is definitely that kind of you know younger, kind of charismatic, exciting player that the NFL would want to promote. So it wouldn't surprise me at all to see him on something like that. Man, can you imagine the, the juxtaposition of if, if it's Rodgers and Fields? <laughs> like, that would be kind of awesome, actually. Like Rod Rogers Fields, and then maybe like a Josh Allen or one of the elite elite guys. Yeah, the Rogers one would be so interesting because it'd be like it, it would be actually shining a light on like is he really that big of a jerk behind the scenes? But yes, uh, <laughs> probably. I mean, but I don't know. Maybe there's another side of him that's behind closed doors. But I also don't know that he would sign up for it, which is why that tweet kind of caught my eye. I'm like, he just wants to only do anything on his terms like that's yeah the, that's the reason he only really says anything on the mcafee show because yeah. he's only ever going to get questions that he are, are tailored he, for he can yeah he can control the uh the narrative like did you see him whining about being on hard knocks which oh is, which my is God. which is like the most like censored nfl like Hard Knocks used to be really interesting, but now it's basically just like a commercial for your team. It really is. Like, it's not nearly as good as it used to be. No, because I remember several years ago there was a change when when I think it basically gave the, the team final say on what goes in and what goes out. So, of course, they're not going to put anything bad in there. Yeah. Unless it's like, hey, this bottom of the roster guy is a total idiot. So this, <laughs> this is, this is going to be the guy that we're going to put on there to kind of make fun of. But then everything else is going to be all sunshines and rainbows. Yeah. So the fact that he doesn't even want to do that makes me really skeptical that he'd sign up for even more access during the season. But Well, one thing I did uh, that I did want to say as well is when I was watching it, um, you know, as uh, as a group, the NFC North is constantly looking at each other, right? right? What is this team doing to win the NFC North? What is this team doing? Where are we at in that in that in that division? Uh, where because it reflects on where are we at in the NFC as a whole, and where are we at as per, perhaps going to the playoffs, and where could we go in the playoffs once we get to them? And do we have a team that is 
viable to go to the Super Bowl? And if we do, is it viable to win it? Right. Well, when I was thinking about those things, Kirk Cousins has a lot of buzz around him um, simply because they, they, they really project this uh, underrated um, this underrated player uh, throughout his whole career, mm-hmm. right? And I certainly uh, agree with some of that. His last few years, I don't know whether I could call him underrated. Uh, he's one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL, and he has at the arguably the best offensive weapon in the NFL at his disposal. Uh, so it's it, it started to push that narrative a little, stretch it a little too thin as far as I'm concerned. But, um, you know, Minnesota fans are, are, are excited about the year, and uh, they that narrative has continued on. Oh, you know, you don't cousins doesn't get enough, uh, enough credit for the work that he does. All I, all I'm looking at is what guy could take you to the Super Bowl and win. And the thing that I saw watching Mahomes, watching Mahomes there was this guy could continue to be in the championship game easily for the next five years. Next ten. I mean, do you, what are we looking at? Are, are people going to wait till he just gets bored playing football <laughs> and leaves? I mean, it, it, it's truly amazing to watch him play because his abilities as a runner uh, are elite. But that's his secondary skill. His passing game is just incredible, and it comes from that playing baseball for hundreds and thousands of hours, right? I mean, watching him just talk about his youth with his dad and always wanting to be a baseball player and not even playing football until his junior year of high school. Isn't that insane? I mean, you know, the thing... And he was throwing 60-yard bombs then, you know I mean? So it just... What it said to me is... As an as the NFC as a whole, how much worse are we than the AFC? Because he's definitely, in my book, the best by far. Is Burrow second? I think there's a certain argument for it. So does that mean the best quarterback in the NFC is maybe third? Oh, I think like probably fourth or like so. <laughs> he, he, like in the AFC, these are the quarterbacks that are better than anyone in the NFC. Just off the top of my head, Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Herbert. Uh, Would you go Lawrence? Uh, I don't think so. Over yet. Over Jalen Hurts? No. Probably not yet, but close. Close. Um, I mean, and then I mean, we so that doesn't include Rodgers. Doesn't include Deshaun Watson. Doesn't include Tua. Tua, yeah. I mean, yeah, the the AFC is just insane. It is. That's why I was surprised Rodgers wanted to go there. Yeah. But, you know, I, I just think that that conference is, is far superior right now. I mean, the Eagles and the 49ers might have better rosters than anybody in the AFC when you take quarterback out of it. But, obviously, quarterback's the most important position by far. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a clear imbalance between the two conferences. And, you know, I mean, that 
that helps teams in the NFC, right? Because it's an easier road. But, yeah, the, the quarterback play, specifically in the AFC, is insane. I mean, that, that's why when you just look at the matchups in that conference week after week, there's, you know, two or three matchups just between teams in that conference that are, like, must-see. And then in the AFC, then the NFC, you're going to be talking about, all right, I mean, the Eagles, the Niners are, are supposed to be pretty good. The Lions and Cowboys are probably going to be pretty good. And then after that, it's kind of, you know, a, a lot of teams that are, are probably going to be various stages of mediocre yeah. So, yeah, I mean, AFC is, is definitely the more interesting one right now. Um, all right, we got a little bit of time left. Last week we did, or not even, it was like three weeks ago now, we did the, the Bears all-star team uh, from this 20, century. 21st century all-star on, on, team. On defense. So we're going to try to sprinkle in that same concept on the offensive side. We're not going to devote a whole episode to it, but maybe we'll do a position or two each episode, just depending on how much time. So, you want to do, I mean, do you want to do running backs in this one? Sure. Want, so, yeah, I mean, 21st century also team at running back on the Bears. I mean, Matt Forte, that's the place to start, right? It's got to be. Um, now, personally, I, I'm a huge Matt Forte fan. Um, I, I think that he was one of the most versatile players at the position that we ever had, uh, other than, of course, sweetness. Um and really, his numbers are basically number two behind, behind Walter. I mean, pretty much every single category. And, you know, when you consider the length of history of the Bears and that the guy came in as a second-round pick and to not a lot of fanfare. Uh, and Tulane, right? Yeah, out of Tulane. I, I was a huge. I was. I, I, he was a player that I had actually targeted before that draft as as one that we would that we may we might get. Um, and for him to come in and with the size that he had and the speed and the shiftiness, I mean, he had good level in all three and the ability to uh, to make that first and second cut and catch the ball so well out of the backfield. It was just, it was a, such an awesome thing to watch him play. The only thing, the only deficit I ever saw in his game, and I don't know how much it was him, and I don't know how much it was the team itself, was inside the five. Well, running, the, running the football in inside the five, uh, that was his Achilles heel uh, for whatever reason. But the guy was just outstanding at every level. I know that he won't make it into the NFL Hall of Fame, but I certainly think he deserves it. Um, at least a serious consideration when you look at how how versatile he was. And durable, too. Right? I mean, there was a couple of years there where he was like, 60% of the offense. Yeah. When he factored in receiving and running. I mean, he just had his hands on the ball so often. And, I mean, I, there was a lot of years where that was just because the Bears couldn't block anybody for longer than a couple seconds. So <laughs> the only option was hand it off or, or throw a, a short pass to Forte and to see if he can get four or five yards out of it. But with all that, I mean, just when you look at the amount of times he was actually on the field too, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it now. So he was on the Bears for eight years, started 16 games, five of those. And he never started fewer than 12 games. Yeah. So that is 
an insane record of just availability when you think about the running back position. I mean, look at what's happening with the running back market right now. I mean, why are running backs not getting the contracts they want? It's because right. teams don't. And that, and he was actually a player that suffered from that. Yeah, he was. But that's because teams don't trust that they'll be on the field. So, I mean, even after the Bears, I mean, he went to the Jets and the following year started 13 games and then the following year only started four but played in 12, just last year of his career he wasn't the starting running back anymore but I mean just receptions right I mean 2014 102 receptions for 800 yards plus a thousand yards rushing right so I mean 1800 total yards I mean in 16 games still that's insanely productive on an offense that probably wasn't very good he he had uh the one year um that he had a hundred catches that's, you know? Yeah, that's the year, right. Yeah, and, you know, the, I think his catch percentage that year was like... 78 and a 78, half. yes! Yeah. <laughs> that's insane! Yeah. I mean, great bear. Um, like you said, I mean, inside the five, and the other one is he was just never the most explosive player. You know, he didn't have that breakaway speed, but he, he was still pretty darn effective. And yeah, he just, that was, a, you know, that was the only other thing, is he didn't have that super high top gear like yeah he, he, he wasn't going to hit you the home run but he was he was going to be just a very productive running back that was out there every Sunday and I mean that that's insanely valuable I mean just looking at his time with the Bears I mean the fewest rushing yards he had was 898 and pretty much every other year he was at or around a thousand or, or over a thousand so just great career um the next place my head would go is Thomas Jones. That that was one of the first Bears I ever remember really, you know, liking and just thinking that, man, that, that guy's just a monster out there. I mean, Thomas Jones was one of the most ripped professional athletes I've ever remember seeing. And really, oh, yeah, like, he was huge. Huge part of the team that went to the Super Bowl. Um, and actually, if you listen to stories from guys that were in that locker room, one of the things that really – tore that locker room apart after that Super Bowl year was the fact that the Bears traded Thomas Jones. So, yeah. you know, insanely respected in the locker room. Um, very productive Bear. Um, one of my first favorite players. So that, that would be the next place my head goes. Yeah, uh, Thomas Jones was, uh, was a great grab by Angelo. Um, you know, uh, former first-round pick uh, and uh, high first-round pick. Uh Right, in, uh, just a couple of picks in front of Brian Erlocker. And, um, you know, uh, in Arizona, it, it, things did not work out for him. It looked like he was kind of a bust. But uh, when uh, Angelo picked him up, um, it, was a, it was a cheap pickup. And, uh, you know, he, he, he came and he completely revitalized his career in Chicago. And if it's not for... Uh, you know, Angelo deciding that since I already have a starting running back, I need to use the number four overall pick on mm-hmm. another running back. Um, that would have been a very different story. Yeah. But um, that that is the way it happened. Uh, you know, Jones um, had uh, a better a better career after he left. After he left Chicago, yeah, I mean, because the, of that, the next three years he ran for a thousand yards with the Jets. 
Yeah, and including thirteen hundred and twenty eight, two thousand eight, and fourteen hundred in two thousand and nine. Yeah, he he was dynamite, and uh, and you know, Bumson was exactly that. Uh, so uh, that that was uh, that was a big goof, and it was one that um, will always stick uh, to Angelo, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but, um, you know, uh, Jones uh, was uh, really, like you said, he was huge and he was a really tough player. Uh, I think he would have been a part of the Bears organization for a good amount of time if uh, if we don't, if uh, Angelo doesn't draft uh, Cedric Benson there. Yep, that's right. And, you know, you never know, but... I think that, you know, the Bears had a, a lead in that Super Bowl. They were up, what, 14-3, to and they kind of went away from running the ball. Yep. And I, I think if they had just kept... Well, the, it, that whole year, um, Lovey uh, had tried to, you know, make sure that uh, they both got playing time, and they kind of had this disjointed, okay, well, we need to get Cedric out there for a while. It was, to me, the whole thing was hokey and not effective. Yeah. And uh, in the Super Bowl, it was uh, the biggest ding of all because um, Jones uh, did get a little dinged up in that. And, you know, they were relying on Benson. And uh, Benson's rookie season was just not very good. Well, Benson got hurt in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, you know, it it, it was... It was the the whole thing was was a, a just a big mess, and the team would have been better served rather than going the best player available at that pick with going with somebody that uh, that the team knew could immediately put into a position that, when they already had a, a solid starter there. Yeah, yep. I I mean hindsight's twenty twenty, but yeah, right. that, that was. When you think about just all the implications of it, I mean, one of the one of the worst Bears first round picks of my lifetime for sure. Um, I mean, I think those are the two like big ones, Forte and, and Jones. I mean, there's been other good running backs. Um, Jordan Howard had a nice couple years in there. David Montgomery was solid. Um, David Montgomery is sixth on the all time uh, rushing list for the for the Bears. Right in front of Thomas Jones. Really? I guess yeah. Thomas Jones is only here three years. Yeah, Thomas Jones, um, yeah, he was. Four, five, and six. Um, but uh, Montgomery, uh, 915 rushes for 3,609 yards and 26 touchdowns. Uh, Thomas Jones, uh, 850 Attempts for 3,493 yards and 22 touchdowns. So he had a, a better uh, yard per carry by a, 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 by a, a two-tenths there. Uh, but, you know, the, that two-tenths means something. You know, that, that was the problem with Montgomery. That's really, to me, why he's not still with the team is that um, he didn't want to lay out big money for a guy who his yards per carry have never been very good. Nope. Um, you know, you you want to see at least that four mark, and he's at three point nine. Uh, so um, another another guy who was kind of similar to that uh, to Montgomery um, that played earlier, Anthony Thomas, mm-hmm. 
uh, in the early 2000s. Um, kind of had a same set of numbers right along there, but he had that 3.9 yard per carry as well. And that's why he didn't, he didn't last very long, but yeah, I mean, uh, Forte far and away is, is your number one. Uh, I definitely go with, uh, with you on, uh, Thomas Jones, number two. And then, um, I don't know. I suppose I'd go with Montgomery as as the as the third as the third guy there. I think so. Jordan Howard probably your fourth, maybe maybe even fifth behind A Train. Yeah, Jor- Jordan Howard would would probably be right there too. I, I mean, I don't know. It, it, you you could flip a coin uh, between him and A Train. Uh, he, he did have a little bit more yards, but he did have a much better yards per carry. Um, than than Thomas did because he had a, he did have a bolt of speed. Yeah, it wasn't it it was it was uh, almost like a dash. It, it it wasn't it wasn't long high speed, but he he'd have a good burst there, uh, reaching the 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 second level uh, that that gave him some some decent longer runs. Yeah, um, certainly uh, uh, Forte would be at the top. Um, I think he's at the very top for yards from scrimmage. So, I mean, other than, of course, Walter Payton. Sure. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, anybody I'm missing there from, like, the early 2000s? I don't think so. No, that that's pretty much the group. I mean, if you were to, you know, look at some of your lesser-known guys, um, you know, James Allen was right there at the cusp. We had a couple of good years out of him. Uh and you know, Benson did do uh, a few things, uh, but you know, never anything consistently. Um, I know one thing. One guy I would call out just because of his hard work, uh, being a "I'll do whatever you tell me to do" guy was Adrian Peterson, yeah. um, out of Georgia Southern. Uh, great guy, great player. Uh, just like I said, worked his tail off, uh, made a career really out of. Uh, out of very little, and um, uh, he, he's certainly uh, worth uh, remembering there. Yeah, I think Tariq Cohen, too. Another Tariq Cohen, Along yeah. those lines. Tariq Cohen, you know, uh, he, when before he got hurt, uh, he's certainly a very dynamic player, gadget player, but very, very, very dynamic. Um, oh, <laughs> Rashan Salami. Oh, he was actually at the end of the nineties. Yeah, I feel like that I thought was... he squeezed into like two thousand, but um, that's uh, that's uh, that's a uh, that one was uh, always really funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> he was the most funny player. I got addicted to weed, and so I couldn't play football. So, but um, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think that's it for the show today. Um, you got anything else? No, nothing for me. Thanks. Well, thanks for very much. Yeah, for tuning in, and uh, we'll be uh, we'll be back next week with a whole chock full of uh, goodies from yes, camp. Some reactions from camp. So Chase Claypool is going to be out there. So he is going to be out there. There you go. All right, bear down. Bear down.